Dear founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. Before I introduce you to today's amazing guest, I want to give you a little sneak peek about something I have coming up. Following my last workshop in March, many of you told me you wanted a program with more information, more how-to instruction, and overall more time with me. So I reworked the program, and I'm very excited that last week I launched Big Impact Marketing for Small Business with Little to No Budget. This 12-week program is a combination of weekly live trainings, the same training I do with my one-to-one clients, but this is with me in a group setting, and therefore it's a fraction of the price. But you also get three one-on-one coaching sessions with me during the 12 weeks so that we can make sure you are on track to developing and executing a flawless marketing plan to tell your story, to build a community, and ultimately to grow your business. This is a program I designed to save you the five years it took me to figure out how to grow my own business to seven figures. It's the same tactics and strategies that I'm using right now to do it all over again. You'll learn what to do and what not to do in order to catapult your business to new heights. You can click the link in my show notes for more info. I'm limiting space in this first workshop, so make sure to check it out and let me know if you have any questions. If you like what you're hearing on the Dear Found Her podcast, please make sure to leave a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you would listen. I greatly would appreciate it. So this is a really special episode for so many reasons. I had the privilege of meeting the amazing Katherine Reitman, creator, writer, and star of the Netflix hit Workin' Moms in May of 2020 through both a mutual close friend and a second friend of mine who happens to also be Katherine's sister-in-law. We met over Zoom and we shared her amazing Workin' Moms with my then community at my company, Bump Club and Beyond. As we were in the height of the pandemic then, our goal was really to entertain and promote Working Moms as a must-binge show while we were all locked in our houses. Fast forward to 2021. Catherine and I had kept in touch, and she so graciously agreed to interview with me again. As this was during the time that I was making the choice to exit my company, Catherine agreed to do the interview for my podcast. I also want to say I didn't really even have a podcast yet, and I was still trying to figure things out. And due to my long exit and that thing called life, we never actually aired the interview that you're about to hear. The one thing I want to make sure to point out is that, like I said, I didn't really have an exact podcast strategy when this was recorded. So it doesn't follow my normal format. But this is a conversation that I knew I wanted to share, and it honestly was too good to keep locked in a folder on the desktop of my computer. Catherine Reitman is a badass working mom. She created this series from her own experience as a new mom returning from maternity leave 
And despite the fact that her real husband, Philip Sternberg, plays her fictional husband on the show, the show isn't autobiographical. When I talked to her the first time back in 2020, she told me that Working Moms is one of those fictional television series that's based on somebody's real life experiences. However, it wasn't autobiographical in any manner. The writers just use their own actual experiences as a reference point. And she shared many stories with me during that first interview, which I bet if you go look on the Bump Club and Beyond Instagram page, it's still there. As you'll hear when we, when, as, as you'll hear as you listen, um, we discussed season five, which dropped last year. And if you haven't watched the show yet or you're not caught up, then you really need to get on that stat because season six drops tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow, May 10th, 2022. I've been holding on to this episode, trying to figure out the best time to share this conversation. And after a twist of fate encounter last month, I really wanted to do it before season six premiered. Before we get into this conversation, I want to share the craziest thing that happened during a chance encounter when I was out to dinner last month. Sitting in an outdoor greenhouse outside of one of my go-to restaurants near where I live, the night was winding down and I was looking to my right and out of the restaurant walked none other than Catherine Reitman with my friend and her sister-in-law, their husbands and the husband's parents. A few glasses of wine in and, you know, I was totally floored. And from the look on Catherine's face, she was totally shocked too. I jumped up and we immediately gave each other huge hugs. During both conversations over Zoom, we talked about trying to grab a drink when she was in town. But obviously with the pandemic and lack of travel and lack of time with our family, that never happened. And that's okay. But here we were. Meeting Catherine was totally awesome. And she was so much fun because she honestly is the best, as you'll hear today. She told me to absolutely air this conversation, and she also agreed to another interview, a real dear found her interview, when season six drops. So for now, I leave you with this sneak peek conversation with the one and the only Catherine Reitman. Thank you so much for being here. I know you know how much I adore you and admire you. And just coming from someone who has made it and my mission to support parents and expectant parents along their journey to have a show like yours to throw at people is a blessing because you depict motherhood in one of the most relatable ways ever out there. And it is, I I cannot thank you enough for being here to talk to me one-on-one about your show because we want to continue promoting your show and telling people you must, must, must watch. It is Every mom needs to watch Working Moms and congratulations on season five and season six, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. It's so crazy. Um, so before I get started, I just want to say thank you. And thank you for being here. I know thank how you. you are. Thank you. That was, that was lovely. Thank you. Of course. So it's been a year since, over a year since we talked last, which is so crazy. And which I'm is crazy. <laughs> here in my office, right? Here I am in my office, same four walls as a year ago. Um, but last time we talked, we were in our tie dye. You were, you know, telling me about Olive and June manicures and we were really kind of getting into the pandemic. I will admit that I am only dressed from top up. I'm tie dye on the bottom today in my sweats. Nice. Oh, oh um, yeah. And I know oh, I yeah. can admit that to you, but so what's I'm in us, you're safe. Fill us in what's been going on over the last year. I mean, I, you've been very busy. Yeah, it's, it's been nuts. I mean, it's, you know, I'm like everyone reeling that we're still kind of in it, although you're in Chicago and I imagine Chicago 
you, you're starting to feel like you're coming out of it. Yes. People are really vaccinated in, and and you're in Toronto right now. And I know that it's not so much there. So. Not so much yet, although it's hopeful for the first time in a long time. Like we're in phase one, basically. And, you know, it'll be our second season shooting in a pandemic. We're, uh, we're starting to shoot season six in two weeks. And it's it's a, just the idea that, like, you know, we're going to be in masks and, you know, having to limit the amount of background actors we have that, like, fill the scenes and make them feel alive and limiting the locations we go to. And that part of it's really heartbreaking, right? That part sucks. But it's also, like, it forces you to go, okay, maybe the scripts don't have to be 32 pages. Maybe they could be 27 pages. And maybe we don't have to kill ourselves. And I mean, I'm, I can't be the only person who's going, do I have to go to the office every day? Like there's, it has made you reassess your priorities, right? And that totally. part of it's nice. Totally. You uh, also had a big birthday, Catherine. Ah! Happy birthday. Happy belated. What's it like being 40? Do you feel any different? Has your insight changed? What Wouldn't it be like just great bullshit if I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it works that way. It, it doesn't work that way for me. I, 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 I'm like, you know, like, I think there's a lot of pressure. I actually feel just such compassion for people who are hitting like the big temples because it feels like all of a sudden you're supposed to wake up and have your shit together. It's like having kids, right? You're, it's no fairy dust comes out and all of a sudden makes you an excellent mother or a selfless mother, or you don't turn 40 and all of a sudden figure it all out. I just, you know, it's a day at a time. And I definitely have perspective that I didn't have a year ago or five years ago. Um, and I do think motherhood and working motherhood has helped me come to that. Um, I'm trying to practice more grace in my life, something I'm not good at. So that's something I'm actively working on. What'd you do Failing to celebrate? That. What did we do? Oh, the kids made me a horrible cake. Just awful. Um, just the kind of cake that you're like, what did you miss? Did you, what did you skip here? Sugar. A key ingredient. Probably. They probably fucking filled it with salt. They missed a key ingredient for sure, but their hearts were in the right place. Um, I love sushi. I think we ordered, you know, in Toronto, you can't go to restaurants or anything. And at that time in April, you couldn't even go to patios. So, and it was cold as hell. So we, you know, ordered in sushi and ate a bunch of cake and probably drank too much. And it was lovely. A lot of people sent flowers and beautiful things. And I I got nothing to complain about. Good. Well, the last time we talked also, you were really unsure about how things were going to pan out in terms of filming season five. We were, season four was just dropping the last time we talked. And I know you just kind of touched upon it briefly, but how did this pan out and how was filming during this in create like crazy, insane time? Oh God, it was so stressful. I mean, it was just so stressful because it was, we started right as schools were being um, allowed to go back. So we we were supposed, we usually shoot in the summer so you can like see Toronto at its most beautiful. And we had to delay it until the end of, I think it was the end of September. And they were just letting kids start school again. So the numbers spiked right as we started. And it was... It was, you know, we were getting tested two to three times a week. We had several scares, you know, because you every two days you get an email. The whole cast and crew gets an email basically saying, uh, all green, everyone passed. Or, you know, there were two two people who po- tested positive or there were mixed results. They have to get retested. There's all these like crazy alarm bells that are going on all week. And that we're not at liberty, of course, to disclose who gets the alarm bells. 
because there's privacy. So you're just going, who was I around? Who you, It becomes like this prejudice game of who you think had it. <laughs> and we, we just got really lucky. We were able to isolate and um, continue shooting. And we, you know, we were incredibly conservative about our COVID protocols, which, you know, when you become a showrunner, look, I went from being an out-of-work actress to running a show. So I had no, my producerial experiences were pretty minor. And then when you all of a sudden go, okay, I'm running a show for four years and now I have to, it's like running a hospital. I'm in charge of everybody's safety, keeping them alive. And I'm not in control of what they do on the weekends. Right. So there was, it was a very stressful season. Um, but somehow like season five is just, I'm so proud of it. I just love it. Um, which of course is now available on Netflix and it's, I think it's a banger of a season, you know, considering the conditions. So admittedly, I have not watched yet. It dropped yesterday here. What? What? I watched it. Sorry. (laughs) But I can't wait. I also went out last night, which I was so proud of myself. Look at you. And came home and watched Handmaids because it was the finale. I had to, at 11 p.m. You had to commit. You had to commit. I had to commit to that. But we will be starting working moms tonight. But when we last talked, you also talked about how you weren't sure if you were going to address the pandemic. And I know I haven't seen it yet, but I have read a little bit about it. And I do know that you addressed it a little bit in the upcoming season. What can you share with us without giving anything away about how you handle and how you address the pandemic? Well, you know, I, I, I just, I couldn't handle the idea of an entire season of mask wearing and, uh, God bless Grey's Anatomy. I just, I, I could, the, the programs I'm watching, I don't want to watch COVID. I've lived enough COVID. Uh, my friends have lived enough COVID. So we we do it very quickly. We basically, right out the gates, COVID happens, and then we pick up six months after COVID's completed. And when I say COVID's completed, we were shooting at a time where we didn't know what was going to happen six months after COVID. So of course, it's a long, longer lasting thing. We, we basically pick up six months after COVID hits. And the women are separated. So it's funny, it's similar to COVID where we all sort of are alienated and not connecting as much as we usually do. Kate and Anne are separated. And so we see how long that can last and what that does to their friendship, as I think COVID is testing so many of us, right? Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast as I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast. Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. I, I mean, I'm so, so, so excited to watch. And I know you're spending a lot of time with your coworkers. You're about to film again. 
What's your relationship like in person, like in real life? With all your oh, friends? they're fantastic. I mean, I really got blessed. I have a fantastic cast. Like they're all so, and I mean this in the most flattering way. They're so normal. You know, they're just, uh, ironically, Juno, Danny, and I are all the mother of two boys, all the mothers of two boys. We all have like kids kind of in similar age groups. Jessalyn just had a little baby boy too, gorgeous little boy. And, you know, it's, it's women who are choosing to work and still mother and they're good moms and they're good people and they're cool. And, uh, I mean, particularly, you know, I have the bulk of my scenes with Danny and, uh, she's just a dream scene partner. She's just easy and cool and a pro and funny. And I improvise a ton and she'll follow me down any weird path I go. She's a dream, truly. I, I literally talking to you is making me so excited to watch the season. <laughs> so I, I'm like, can't wait to watch tonight. Um, but also what, what, what else can we expect from season five? What, what are like, give us a little, and not just the pandemic, like, you know, what else without you saying too much? Um, I, that, I mean, that was one of the questions that kept coming up from our audience is what, like, what are we in for here? And I've seen some of the, well, so, and I, so, you know, it's up. Yeah. You know, it's up. I mean, there's, there's of course the Kate and separation and, I think that's a really compelling storyline. I don't want to spoil anything on there, but uh, Kate gets a new mentor at work. Um, and she is, we called them ships in a night because it, it would have been Kate. Kate would have become this person, Sloan Mitchell, if she hadn't have had children and hadn't gotten married and just kept fucking going at it unapologetically and hadn't made the sacrifices that. I love that you're addressing this because I feel like yes. everyone, every working mom has that person in their career, in their life. I can't, I can't wait to see this because I, I mean, oh, I sure did too. And you just go, God, or who's the one who has the deficit here? Right. Am I the one because I made the sacrifices? Can I not be my fullest potential or do they have the deficit because they're missing something else in their life? Or is it, are we both full in different ways? Which of course is, you know, every person deserves their own full life, but we get to see Kate sort of go too far and explore what it could have been. And um, it's a badass storyline. I'm really proud of it. And I think the audience is really going to enjoy seeing Kate go there. How is Bill doing? Is he back to eating normal? I saw your post yesterday uh, on Instagram. <laughs> he's back to the carbs, thank God, and the wine. I couldn't take it anymore. He got really clean. Um, it's funny because I think everyone thinks, oh, your husband got so ripped. That must have been like so fun. Of course it was. But it's also like for anyone who's really been with someone who makes those kind of sacrifices yes. health wise, like it's a whole lifestyle. Like it's not for me. It's not for me. Like he was he was eating like uh, like such little controlled healthy portions and he was, you know, working out religiously. And on the weekends, he was no fun at all. I've been so there. I was very happy to wrap. <laughs> I have been there with my husband's an all or nothing kind of guy. And when he's, he? in it, he's in it and like, he's actually in it right now. And I'm like, we're going to dinner. It's your birthday. Like, please have a glass of wine. Right. Or two. Like let's Uber, you know, I mean, come on. And right. I too am not like one for not having fun. So, and you have to be able yes. to eat and drink to have fun. That is. Uh, unfortunately I'm that way too. I, it's, it's just part of who I am. Like I, I work hard, but I want to be able to play hard too. And he has, he's a very disciplined person. So I was like, okay, let's go. Let's see it. And I'm so proud of him because he looks 
amazing on camera. What he did is just, I, I didn't do that. He looks incredible. Um, but I'm even more proud of him for saying yes to sourdough again. You know what I mean? And coming, coming back, coming back into coming the- back to the yes. dark side. Well, so speaking of Phil, someone asked on our Instagram the other day, and it was so funny because it was someone who knows your sister-in-law, but didn't know that she was your sister-in-law, which was very ironic. When she, and I, when I oh, did a call so up for questions and I said, oh, do you know who Catherine's sister-in-law is? She goes, no. And I said, so-and-so from our play group. And she was like, oh my God. But anyways, she had asked this question, but someone had asked about your connection to Chicago. And obviously you haven't been here in a while, but when you guys come back here, they wanted to know what, what are your favorites? What are Phil's favorites? Where, where do you guys have to go? What are like must? Oh my gosh. It's been a while. I'm sure. It has been a second. And you know, because of the kids, the last few times we've gone, we go up to Philip's parents house in the suburbs. So we've been in Deerfield a lot and we do like, you know, his mother's an amazing cook. So we really hunker down at her house more, but Oh God, I loved, we used to just go downtown before kids and just have the best, because it's such an amazing city. Um, oh God, where did we eat? Where did we go? One of our first, like when I first fell in love with him, he took me out there to meet some of his friends and we had lunch at the Ralph Lauren uh-huh. restaurant. Yeah, I mentioned it. it was so good. And it, it was just one of those things, I'm sure it's a huge touristy thing, but you know, I was like 25 years old and I was so in love with this person, still am, of course, but, you know, that young, new yes. love. And we had, you know, like kind of a boozy, fun lunch with all of his friends. And I was like, this place is amazing. And we went to a few museums and um, the aquarium. We took the kids to the aquarium. It's an, the most amazing aquarium. Yes. Um, so I have two more things that I wanted to ask you, three actually. But the first one is, obviously, you guys are renewed for season six, which is huge and so exciting and you're starting to tape now and whatnot. I saw your first like screen read the other day on Instagram. So is there anything that you can share there, which I know a lot of us haven't seen season five, but (laughs) any teasers? Oh God. Um, it won't be big announcement. No, there's a big announcement coming with season six. We've, we've done some cool moves in season six. I cannot share. I would only because season five, so many people haven't seen yet, but it's, it's, uh, I can't wait to start filming. I think it's going to be a pretty crazy, pretty crazy season. I hope we don't have to wait a whole year before we get another season. I know it takes forever. Well, know. you know, what has to happen is it has to air completely on the CBC in Canada first before Netflix can take its window. So I wish I could just drop it all and give it to all of you, but there are some things outside of my control. That's okay. So you also, it was also announced this week that you were honored with the prestigious Gracie award and that was amazing. And I am so proud of you. And for those who are watching, who don't know what that is, but it honors women in TV, radio, and digital media. So my question for you is when you started this journey, I mean, could you have ever imagined impacting people the way that you have, and also getting yourself to the point where this is, I mean, you, you know, the list and who else was on the list. Like, I mean, it was insane, crazy people. And you are very deserving of being on that list. You're what you're doing is incredible, but what are your feelings about that? And and just coming, you've come so far since this started. Yeah, it's nuts. It's totally nuts. I, I had no idea it was going to hit this way. Look, I, 
I, I forgive me if I already said this to you the first time we ta- spoke, but you know, when you're telling your own personal story as opposed to, you know, making a world that doesn't exist based on characters that you don't necessarily relate to, this is so closely intimate to me that I was terrified. I was terrified and it took so long to get to Netflix. We'd already shot three seasons worth of it before it dropped on Netflix. So there was a moment where it was a small Canadian show that I was very, very proud of, but I sort of believed this is just an indulgent little thing that's going to really connect with a handful of women and probably will just go below the radar. I I never thought, my husband and I sort of thought that as a real like learning workshop experience. And when it hit Netflix, we could never have predicted the way it exploded. I mean, that's how it felt. It felt like an explosion. Um, Being recognized, you know, at Tim Hortons in Canada is one thing, but when you come home and you're getting recognized on a little hiking trail in Santa Barbara where my parents live, or, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a pretty amazing thing because there were people that didn't look like me or sound like me or come from what I come from. There were men and fat, you know, 14 year old gay boys and everything in between saying to me, your show is cool. And I love it. And I, I relate to this person or that person and that, that you, you can't imagine what that feels like. Cause it's not just like, Oh, cool. We were, we're deemed successful. And of course the awards are extraordinary and not that I've gotten that many, but being recognized is extraordinary. This is a huge recognition. Really hits crazy recognition. But what really hits is when someone comes up to you and says that, you know, often with tears in their eyes, thank you. I feel seen this show hits. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And that's when you just go, Holy fuck, this has meaning, you know? And to your point, motherhood is universal. And I think there are so many things about motherhood that are not talked about anywhere. And you guys address them. It's like you pull out every little thought action, like everything that like goes on in my life, like it somehow appears in your show and it, and it, it does, it makes me feel seen, makes me feel heard. And to the people who are, you know, too square enough to relate to that, they wouldn't want to hang out with us anyway. Right. So that's okay. right. <laughs> well, because that's I okay. had, and you know what? Like, no, please go. Well, I was just to say, I don't know if you remember, I had someone the last time. Um, one of the questions was about when you guys did the drugs at the retreat. And I was like, oh God, who cares? Like, who cares? Oh, like, right, right, right. you know, right. and, and that rubbed some people the wrong way. It did not rub me the wrong way, but you know, and it just, I just feel like you really address everything in a way that is so relatable. And it is so important to do that and to be talking about the things that you talk about. And even now, like I have a tween, I have a tween girl. So when I watch Working Moms wow, Now, wow, wow. I mean, I, I mean, I cringe when I see Alice, especially last season. I mean, you are going to flip when you watch season five. Alice's storyline is bananas in season five. It's getting a lot of talk back. I can't wait to hear what you think. I can't wait to watch. I, look, but like I, you know, to those who everything, I just want to, I just want to like put one thing out there. I just want to float it out there into the ether, which is like, for those who are easily offended by mothers doing naughty things, if you just take a moment, and this is how this is how I, I, I sit down and write the show, and consider that they're not just mothers, that prior to that, they were just women. They were just people, flawed people who were trying to figure out what the hell to do with themselves with their lives. Were they going to meet a person and settle down? Were they going to find a job? 
how am I going to pick the right degree if that was the road for me? And if you just see them as people and separate that from this motherhood title, I think the compassion that comes with, you know, like, like when you're watching Walter White on Breaking Bad, you're not angry at him for being a father and being an incredible drug dealer. You're just thinking, wow, this guy's in a bind and he's got to support his family and he's being really resourceful and I hope he doesn't get caught. And I hope you bring that same energy and compassion to watching the ensemble of women on this show because I think they're worthy of it. And I think you'll relate as you're saying more than you know. A thousand percent. And my last question for you before I let you go, I want to be mindful of our time is Takeaways from the pandemic. You're we're we're almost on the other side. You will like, I'm assuming you're going to be coming back to the States at some point when you're done shooting. What are you like most excited about? And what are some key takeaways from this last 18 months? I mean, I think it, I think it's gonna be hard to hug strangers, shake hands with strangers. I that's gonna be with the one thing I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe we don't have to touch so much. Uh, but that being said, I can't wait to hug my friends. I miss hugging, you know, I can't wait to have barbecues and, you know, parties because we're not doing that yet here. Right. So that's, that's something I'm really looking forward to is kids birthday parties, you know, and, um, we were supposed to take the kids to Disneyland. This is such a Disneyland plug. (laughs) We were supposed to take them to Disneyland the week that everything shut down. We had to cancel it. And, you know, we've been out here in Toronto, not doing much of them and they've been homeschooled and I, I can't wait to just bring them to Disneyland and blow their little heads off. That'll be great. It's, I will tell you because we are a little bit further along than where you are right now. It is. Yes. Amazing. I mean, I saw a friend last night that I haven't seen since January of last year and like we hugged and I was like, Oh my God, isn't this weird? And you know, it was just so amazing. And it is, it's so amazing to be making plans and, but also moving forward in a way that like you, you very much value what you have, because if there, you know, if there's anything that this last year taught us, it's that. And, you know, I am, I'm thankful that last year gave us the ability to do stuff like this because this probably wouldn't have happened before the pandemic. So much harder. Totally. I was only interviewing people in person. So, you know, this has really been a blessing that we've been able to connect. And I just, I want to thank you again, because I, again, what you're doing is amazing. We will continue to tell everyone to watch Working Moms because every mom, whether you work or not, needs to watch it. And I just want to say congratulations because what you're doing is amazing. Keep kicking ass. Thanks, Mama. And thank you all for tuning into this. I appreciate it. Of course. How amazing is Catherine? She's right. I did cringe when I watched Dallas in season five, but I also loved every minute of every episode, and I can't wait to see what season six holds. You know, this was a different kind of conversation. I don't have my normal takeaways, but I do want to leave you with this big one that Catherine said during this conversation. She said, Take a moment and consider that moms aren't just mothers. Prior to them being moms, they were women, flawed people who were trying to figure out what they were going to do with their lives. See these moms as people and separate them from the motherhood title. And I know anyone out there who's listening who is a mom, especially a working mom, I know that you absolutely can attest to that, can sympathize with that, and know that it's true. And 
hope that people do separate you and your motherhood title from the rest of your life. So thank you, Catherine, for saying that, for keeping it real always, um, and for just giving us that inner look at what being a real working mom is. Um, The truth that comes out in this show is really and truly like none other. I cannot thank you enough for being here today and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Found Her. Please make sure you follow at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Found Her on Instagram. You can also visit lindsaypinchuk.com for more tips, tools, and resources for starting, growing, managing a business. We have some amazing guests coming up, so please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. If you know someone who loves working moms, or if you know a working mom who hasn't watched working moms, or if you know someone who wants to start something of their own, similar to Catherine, who went on a whim and wrote a show that she pitched to CBC that then became a giant hit on Netflix, please make sure to share this episode with them, text it to them or post it in your stories, tag me and I'll absolutely reshare it to say thank you. I so appreciate you being here. Stay tuned for another episode of Dear Found Her every Tuesday and Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts.